dig into the first of our three interviews with fighters who will be competing on the Rise in 37 card. And although this interview was just wasn't what I expected, so to speak, it was with Felipe King Hunter Massoni as he, at 9-4 and four overall, who have not fought in about three years, a little over three years was his last fight. And even though he's currently riding a two-fight losing streak, he is ever so confident that he wants to not only face off against Kota Miura, who he was supposed to face off against at the Rising Landmark show back in May, but is now getting this opportunity to showcase in front of the grand stage. But he feels so confident that he wants to literally destroy him. Here's the interview I had with him now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have here on this very special Focus Fights audio interview a veteran of the Serbian Battle Championship, a veteran of the WFC, a veteran of Aspela FC, and after a three-year hiatus, he will be making his return to mixed martial arts competition when he takes on young prospect Kota Miula on July 31st at Ryzen 37. He is 5 feet 9 inches tall, weighing 154.8 pounds, and is 36 years old from Porto Alegre, Rio Grande do Sul, Brasil. This is the King Hunter, Felipe Zina Massoni. How are you, sir? He's training a lot. He's prepared to to be ready for the fight, and he's very anxious for the combat. Understood. Understood. Now the main thing I want to ask him is that this fight was supposed to have taken place in May, two months ago, but now that it's going to be happening next weekend, how did, I mean, when he got the call to fight Kota Miura, what was his thoughts? Yes. Uh, so, I was training for the next week, so I was training for the e eu sabia que ia lutar com ele, então minha mente era Cota Miura. Não, tirei, não peguei mais ninguém para lutar, só com ele, minha mente ficou nele e é com ele que eu vou derrotar. Ele was training since uh, December last year. He's very focused and then he didn't fight with no one. He's just waiting for this fight. Understood. And considering the fact that he hasn't fought since April of 2019, 
Does he feel like he's going into this fight with someone that's younger than him with any nervousness? Association football players in the world, does he feel like, does Masoni feel like he's going to probably be ready and prepared for soccer kicks during their fight? Since 2012, he last fought in 2019, him being Masoni, of course. Does he feel like at 36 years old that he has what it takes to continue his career? I mean, did he? Yeah. Oh, so he does? Yeah, he's just waiting for that. He's waiting since last May, and then the fight didn't happen. But now we're really waiting, and he wants that to happen soon, because he's preparing and waiting for that, waiting for the fight. Understood. Understood. And come to think of it, he's had an offer. Masoni has had an offer to fight overseas before. Obviously, he fought once before in Serbia, but he had an offer to fight in Asia before for Rebel FC. Does he feel as though when it comes to this fight against Miura that if he wins this fight, it'll put him on the international map? Oh, 
Sony likes to do away from competition for fun. As a professional. Well, oh, not just as a professional, yeah. but overall. Yeah, he is a professional. Understood. But, I... but what I'm asking, ma'am, what I'm asking is what does Masoni like to do away from competition for fun? Like as a hobby. Professional MMA. No, when it comes down to combat sports, boxing, MMA, and kickboxing, there's a lot of influencers. More likely, young people looking to get into the sport but have no background in it. What are his thoughts about those trying to get into sports like boxing and MMA, but only treating it as, you know, a pit stop, a way to make money? He said that it's okay that the young people is gonna support Katamiuri, but he's just ready for that. Hmm. So basically, he's happy to see more people from the internet get into fighting, right? Yeah, he's he's happy with that. Oh. Okay. Okay. Just one. Just want to go and to fight and to win. That's it. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Now, when it comes to your pursuits, obviously, there was probably once upon a time where you wanted to fight in promotions like the UFC or Bellator, or even, I guess now, with one of the major American promotions that isn't either of those two. But, do you feel that if you have a good enough performance in this fight with Miura that you would want to fight in one of those major promotions away from the UFC or Bellator.
muito na, na Sérvia, participei no Brasil bastante, e hoje em dia eu treino bastante atletas que estão no, no UFC, eventos grandes, é, UFC e é, ONI, é, bastante eventos grandes. Uh, he fight already in Serbia, Serbia, and mm -hmm. and China mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And he play, he fight in Brazil with um, guys that fight in UFC. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can understand that. <laughs> In Brazil, the fan is very, very um, high. A lot of people like this and support this and like to watch and to, to fight as well. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Now, come to think of it, when it comes to... The fact that Ryzen is now allowing more competitors outside of Japan to come into their promotion. Does Masoni feel like, even regardless if he wins or lose, that this might lead to more competitors from the Americas, from Brazil specifically, to come into the promotion? Sabe que essa luta vai ser um evento muito grande lá. Vai trazer, o que vai trazer para o Brasil isso? Vai trazer muita mídia, né? Já é, tipo, vai ser um lutador brasileiro lutando lá já. Vai ser bom, vai ser ótimo. Vai ter bastante lutador lá. And it's gonna bring more visibility for the, the, the sport in Brazil as well. Because it's a big event in Japan, and here in Brazil it's gonna be very important for him to be there, to play there, especially if he will win. Hmm. Understood. Understood. Now, when it comes to that fight, obviously, and I think I might have mentioned this before, so excuse me, but the fight card will not be shown internationally. It'll only be available to watch in Japan. Does Masoni feel like the lack of global, you know, support will be... Yes, the same, because if he's going to show for the whole world, it's going to be very, very important. But it's gonna show just in Japan, and then you just hope that someone can record this and show for the rest of the world. Because it's not going to be seen that it will pass only in Japan. It's an event that will be transmitted mundialmente. Eu falei que a gente espera que seja menos gravado e possa. Yes. Hmm. When it comes to the fact that, you know, people know him as a fighter, know Masoni as a fighter, 
let's just say if he wasn't a trained professional mixed martial arts competitor, what would be his backup plan? What would be Felipe Zena Masoni's plan B? If his if Masoni's career doesn't work out, like what would be his plan away from competition? What would he do to make money, so to speak? Obviously, his career, I mean, obviously, when it comes to Masoni, what does he hope if this fight somehow gets shown to somebody, not just outside of Japan, but around the world, what does he hope to inspire in others when people see him fight? basically wants to help out those who, you know, have helped him out in his career? No, I don't think so. He just wants to, to continue. Oh, and by continuing, that would mean, you know, giving somebody a little hope, so to speak, right? Basically, what I'm trying to say is if he continues fighting, 
he'll continue to inspire others, right? Yes. Oh. He just wants to, to become and to continue with this. With his career. Just want to stop and give up. No. He's not giving up with this. Okay. Okay. Now, when it comes to, you know, I know that obviously you and Miora are different. But let's just say if he somehow finds a way to listen to this, if he or his team finds a way to listen to this, and you were to somehow meet him before the fight... What would you say to him in a face-to-face -face setting? just want to ask a couple questions. One, how can fans contact Felipe Zena Masoni on social media? How, uh, Felipe, sorry, I didn't understand the, the last word. How can fans contact Felipe on social media platforms? people follow him on social media? people check him out on Instagram or on Twitter at Felipe Masoni or something? Uh, 
or Felipe underscore Masoni. Okay, at Felipe Masoni on Instagram and at Felipe underscore Masoni on Twitter, correct? No, Twitter, como que é? Felipe and Underline Masoni. That's correct. Okay. The Twitter is Underline Masoni. Okay, cool, cool. And when it comes to... When it comes to fighting in front of the Japanese fans, I know that you grew up watching old school Pride FC, probably Dream as well. But what do you hope to give to the Japanese fans when you fight Kota Miura? He wants to show all his um, experience and to be a very, very good event. And the people that start to become his fan as well. Okay. Kota Misura fans is going to be. Okay, that's cool. Some legal. But still, though, it's been fun talking with you, Masoni, and your interpreter. I am glad to have had the opportunity to do so. All I gotta say in the little Portuguese that I do know is Boa suerte. Felicidades e diverte-se. Obviously, and what I said is congratulations for the opportunity. Congratulations on the opportunity. Good luck in your fight, and you know, have fun because as long as you having fun, you get to enjoy all the fights that you're in, no matter if you win or lose. Everyone knows that he 
is going to be there next week prepared for that. Our second of the three Ryzen 36 interviews that I had is with recent Ryzen Lightweight Championship challenger Johnny Hollywood Case. Now this 27-8-1 veteran is obviously coming off a two-fight losing streak in MMA, losing to two of some of the best competitors in the game right now, and that would be Tofik Musayev, who just walloped Sidney Outlaw recently as this weekend, as of the time of this recording for Bellator, and Roberto Satoshi de Sosa back on April 17th at Ryzen 35. And we basically spoke on a litany of topics because the last time we, by that meaning myself and Andrew Benjamin on the... We are... Podcast. It was all before that epic rising run that he had, especially considering the fact that he lost to Tofi Musayev on New Year's Eve 2019, and this was all before COVID and the three-fight boxing career he's had since his fight with Musayev, and obviously into the Souza fight. But still, we talk about the boxing career, we talk about the Souza fight, we even talk a little bit about Musayev, but also we talk about you know other things that have gone on in his life since coming back into the rising ring. Let's go ahead and head into a special intro for that interview right about now. A striker. He stands five feet ten inches tall, weighing in at 155 pounds. 177cm. Chris Gary for this very special Focus Fights audio interview. This pretty much is an exclusive interview <laughs> because I don't see my usual We Are Rising podcast co-pilot Andrew Benjamin near me, but still though, this man is going to be fighting Koji Takeda next weekend as of the time of this recording, July 31st at the Saitama Super Arena. Verizon 37 in Saitama City, Saitama Prefecture, Japan. He's a native of Jefferson, Iowa, who now resides in the 619, San Diego, California. And he is looking to make do off of a bad mishap last time out and become the new Ryzen lightweight champion after losing to Roberto Satoshi de Sosa. But still, I'm not going to waste too much of his time. This is Johnny Hollywood Case. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing great, man. I, I appreciate your time today, and it's uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Hey, I'm just glad to actually make time because you could have been up in the air halfway to Tokyo by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The protocol is so much more relaxed this time. So back in April, and we had to go like a whole nine days ahead of time and um, do a bunch of testing and stuff. But this time, yeah, it's, it's real quick. It's pretty typical flight week. Get in Wednesday and, uh, you know, cut the weight and and uh, go, go to war. Understood, understood. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right off the bat when it comes down to this. Obviously, your last fight against Roberto Satoshi de Sosa did not go your way. And when it came down to that, I'm not going to basically say you had any trouble going through it. I mean, you basically fought a tough fight. It's just that de Sosa was a little bit more prepared. But what were your thoughts going into that fight, knowing that you would be fighting for the title? Man, there was uh, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to go into that fight and be a world champion. You know, I I manifested, I worked so hard, and I, I envisioned everything. And you know, I was going into that fight like feeling unbeatable. You know, I had one of the best camps of my career at the MMA lab, and um, you know, I, like I wasn't overlooking. Satoshi, like he's he's a real fighter, he's a real champion. Um, but I thought I would be more well-rounded. I thought I would have the tools to kind of expose his game. Um, you know, and I came out right away, and he he just starts hucking bombs. You know, and like I was like, oh wow, like you know, he's gotten better. He's improved on the stand-up, and um, I was like ready to embrace a you know ready to embrace a real fight. And chopper um, takedown, scrambled out of it, got on top. Um, we got back on our feet, and uh, he shot again. And I'm a wrestler. I, I'm, you know, I grew up in Iowa as a wrestler, mm-hmm. and uh, my instincts were to defend the wrestling. You know, don't get taken down, um, especially don't let him take my back. You know, and uh, ended up getting in a scramble, and he, you know, high level guy jumped for, uh, jumped for a really good position, and um, you know, had my shoulder locked right away. And uh, you know, it was his night. It was. You know, he, he fought really well, and um, like I said, he, he improved a lot, you know, since since the, the last time we, we fought each other. Um, but, yeah, you know, such is the, the sport that we're in, you know. Understood, understood, and I mean, considering the fact that now you have one win against him, he has one win against you, I mean, let's just say for obvious sake, you beat Kochi Takeda in about a week or so, would a trilogy fight be best for you? Absolutely. Yes, of course, we got to run it back. You know, I'm one, he's one. Now we got to go for the rubber match. Like I said, I, I've, I started off this sport, uh, in this sport to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't start off with like, oh, just kind of have some fights here and there. It's, it's I want to be a world champion. I want that, that belt around my waist. And uh, and I'm not gonna stop in, until until I achieve it. And um, the last two the last two fights I, I fought for world you know world title. I fought in the Grand Prix, ended up losing to Tofik, and um, then then again with Satoshi, and uh, you know came up short twice. And I got one more run. Let's get it. And uh, and I'm not gonna stop until I achieve it. Hmm. Understood. Understood. And you know, speaking about that Grand Prix, obviously. There were some great 
competitors in that Grand Prix, but more so in the Final Four, it was you, Damian Brown, who's looking to get back into fighting for this no, promotion. It was uh, Satoshi, Tofik, oh. and Pitbull. Right, 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 right. My apologies. My apologies. But still, with Tofik looking to make a name in Bellator, and with Damian Brown getting back into the fight game, you know, putting down the commentary chair for a little bit, you know, letting Joe Ferraro have himself to find a partner. But still, though, with Musayev in Bellator and with Damian Brown looking to get back into, you know, contention, not just fighting, if the opportunity comes, you know, do you see yourself fighting one of those two again? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, Damian, he's such a good dude. And uh, I, I ended up meeting him way back uh, in Australia when we were both still fighting in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we both kind of knew that that potential matchup could be possible, you know what I mean? And and now here we are in Ryzen, you know, and he's such a good dude. And it would be such an honor to fight him. I know that he would give me his best and I would give him my best. And uh, the better man wins, you know, and as, as warriors, that's, that's what you want. You know, you want to fight the best guys and... And uh, I have a lot of respect for him, and he, he's a he's a great fighter. And uh, I think that would, that would be great. I, w- I would love the opportunity to fight him, and I know he would love the opportunity to fight me, and we'd be closer closer bros afterwards. Hmm. Now, obviously, would the same apply for either one of the Pitbull brothers, Patricky or Patricio? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, again, I have I have a lot of respect for both of those guys. Um, they're both world champions, and you know. Ha- uh, have really dedicated their time in this into the sport and um you know anytime you can fight a guy like that it's uh it's a win-win you know so i would i would be an honor to fight those guys also uh gustavo you know luis gustavo um he's still signed to rise and he's uh he's on like a two or three fight win streak mm-hmm. so uh, that's a, that's a potential matchup as well i mean come to think of it i heard luis gustavo just ran through yachi again <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who doesn't want to run through you, Skayachi? <laughs> That's funny. He was actually my uh, my Ryzen debut. I ended up taking the fight on like two weeks' notice, and mm-hmm. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they brought me in to lose because he was, you know, hot. He was on a couple of knockout wins, and uh, you know, I ended up giving him the business, and that kind of uh, that kind of sealed the deal with Ryzen. Understood. Understood. But kind of think of it now, that probably leads me to this question. Considering the fact that I mentioned all of those fighters, and obviously most of them are foreign-born competitors, obviously Satoshi and the Pitbull brothers are Brazilian, you know, Brown is Australian, you obviously an American. But with the borders opening back up, with the international restrictions being lifted in Japan... Do you potentially see yourself, you know, maybe finishing out your career in the Ryzen Fighting Federation, or do you see yourself fighting elsewhere? No, I, I really do believe, like, I'll retire with Ryzen. The loyalty and the support and, you know, everything with those guys just been the, the best ever, you know, since day one. So, um, yeah, there's nowhere else I, I'm interested in fighting right now, you know. And that's the good thing about Ryzen is, like, I'm signed to, to a contract with, with Ryzen, um, but if the if the chance comes up to take a, a single fight anywhere else, as long as I'm not signing a contract anywhere else, like and it, it doesn't mess with my rising obligations, you know they're they're open to letting me go fight on other places too, which is pretty unique to uh, you know as far as like world class promotions 
um, you know, where they stand. So, yeah, I, I'm really happy with Ryzen. You know, Scott Kibara, Shingo, those guys are awesome. They treat me they treat me awesome, and there's nowhere else I want to fight. Understood. Understood. Now, I hate to basically veer off the beaten path as much as possible. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you're from Iowa. You probably... Tend off, you probably used to tend off the beaten path a lot being around all those wrestlers. <laughs> but still, though, when it comes down to, and I think I might have asked this question in the past interview that I did, that we did with Andrew Benjamin alongside us, but, you know, when it comes down to social media influencers wanting to get into you know, professional combat sports, not just boxing, not just MMA, not just pro wrestling even, but when it comes down to combat sports in general, do you think that, you know, some of these guys that are just thinking that I can do this because I have a million follower count, do y'all, I mean, do you actually think that, you know, these guys and girls are just in over their heads a bit? Maybe. I mean, who am I to, you know, to say what another person is capable of doing? You know, if they have the self-belief and they put the time in, you know, I believe, yeah, they could be successful. Just like anything in life, you know? If you if you want it, you truly want it, and you truly put the work in, then maybe. Maybe you got a shot, you know? But as we know, this fight game is, is pretty brutal at times. And even when you do everything right, even when you put in the work, you know, you still, you still come up short. I know so many amazing fighters that, you know, that just didn't didn't really get their you know didn't go their way you know mm-hmm. and um so i know i know both sides of that and i i truly believe like anybody if they if they want it enough and they work hard at it then they can be successful obviously in a way it is more fight than celebrity right yeah i mean to win yeah to, if you, i mean because that's the name of the game right you can't just go out there and get your ass kicked every time like mm-hmm. cm punk you know what i mean like he had a lot of following he he even was working hard and you know it's just a different animal when you're in a real fight you know what i mean some people are made for it some people aren't and um you know that that, that kind of he was exposed so i mean that i can obviously understand because you know he basically fought somebody that i know with mike the troop jackson and got completely exposed by jackson even though that fight was overturned due to weed issues but still, though, I mean, it basically shows that just because you have a big following from one sport or one thing or another doesn't mean that it can translate to fighting in a ring or a cage because all those followers ain't going to help your ass when you're getting knocked down. Not at all. <laughs> and, you know, to veer off the beaten path a bit more, I mean, obviously, you've had a bit of time away from the cage i don't want to get too much into the details but considering the fact that between your last fight in rising which was around december 2019 obviously new year's eve 2019 all the way up to was it last year or this year that you it was this year yeah it was just easter sunday my apologies my apologies so it was about two and a half years I mean, obviously, I didn't get a chance to ask you this because you were busy, but what has your life been like since, you know, between the two and a half years that you 
fought in between rides and fights. Yeah, so I mean, that COVID was just, you know, was was the thing that kept me away. You know, they had no international travel. Um, going to Japan, and um, you know, I was going to fight that New Year's Eve. I was going to fight Satoshi, and then uh, the Omicron variant hit, and it suspended travel again. And you know, I was kind of at the point where it's like, man, I don't know if I'll ever truly be able to fight again or get to Japan again. Like, you know, it was a, it was kind of like. Uh, you know, an uncertainty in the world, you know, world travel. And, um, you know, I just kept, kept on to that belief that, you know, just keep training, keep getting better. And, um, you know, luckily I was able to pick up some pro boxing and kind of just fell in love with the sport and, uh, really just honed my skills there. You know, I kept training wrestling, jujitsu, and he just kept plugging away. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I just said, like, if this is God's will and, I, and I'm done fighting, then so be it. But, uh, you know, until then, until I know for sure, I'm just going to keep holding the line and, and keep improving myself every day. Amen, brother. And, you know, speaking of boxing, obviously you did take those couple of boxing bouts. Ozeki Jim of the Yamato Damashi podcast with Instant Inouye basically asked me to ask you about that but still though when it comes down to those boxing bouts I mean obviously you Clay Collier I think like I've seen Tito Ortiz get his ass knocked out <laughs> but still though has been doing well yeah of course but still though when it comes down to your Bludgeoning pro boxing career. I mean, obviously, you've been knocking people out. Well, you've knocked like two or three people out so far. But three, you, yep. Three and out with three KOs. Understood. But do you see that continuing now that you managed to get quite a buzz off of that during your time away from Rising? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, honestly, you know, I, I, my goal is to win a world title in MMA. And after that, you know, that's the top of the mountain. There's not really a whole lot of, you know, I'll, I'll obviously I'll stick around and I'll defend my title and I'll, I'll take fights that make sense and that are that are fun fights and and, and uh, you know pay well. But um, you know, other than that, like I'll kind of like, you know, start working my way out of MMA. And the, the great thing about boxing is you don't have the huge weight cuts. You know, you're not grappling, so you don't you don't have to get underneath people. So. It's a lot easier, and then, you know, going into the, the fight camps, like, it's so much easier on your body, you're not wrestling, you're not, you know, your knees, elbows, back, everything getting all jacked up, so, yeah, I really, I really enjoy boxing, I really think, um, you know, why not, why not go for another run at a, at a world title in boxing? I mean, it can be done, I mean, it's been 28 years since George Foreman won a world title again, so, you know, it can be done. <laughs> But still, though, when it comes down to your opponent, Koji Takeda, I know that he's basically working hard to try and fight you, but he's basically been spending too much damn time in the tanning salon. <laughs> I mean, do you take him lightly at all when it comes down to this fight? No, not at all. I don't take anybody lightly. You know, um, I like this matchup. I think uh, tactically... And the physical attributes are in my favor, um, but as there, as we all know, like you know, when it's two souls in a fist fight, like anything can happen, you know. And uh, I'm gonna have to go in there and be sharp and, and do what I do. And if not, then you know, he's probably gonna, you know, he he wants to kick my ass. So yeah, I, I can't just uh, let that happen because you know 
focus on me, go out there, play my game, and, you know, I do that. Everything else should take care of itself. Hmm. Understood, understood. But about that... About that whole tanning thing that Koji Takeda does, Ozeki Jim also wanted me to ask you. I mean, are you gonna up your tan game to match Takeda's before this fight? No, I, I'm usually pretty active out outdoors anyway, so I usually got a pretty good complexion going. But uh, I'm not gonna like overdo like you know bodybuilding kind of bronze spray tan kind of look. I don't really think that's uh, I don't think that's my look. I mean, understood. Not everybody can try. It works try. for him, though. It works for him. Understood, understood. I mean, not everybody can pull off the look that he has or, you know, even the look that Hulk Hogan had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, though, I mean, just to stray a little bit off the beaten path some more, my podcast partner, Andrew Benjamin of the We Are Rising podcast, basically wanted me to ask you, you know, you've had some leisure time. You fought, obviously, in boxing and in MMA over the last year or so. But, obviously, if you've seen any movies, I mean, what has been some of your mo- What has been some of your favorite movies to watch this year so far? If you had time to watch movies. Yeah. So pretty much the new ones I've watched are just like I, I'll take the boys. I have two boys, uh, nine and ten. And, um, you know, we went the new Spider-Man, the Homecoming or Coming Home or whatever. That was a really good one. And um, mm-hmm. we just bought the new Jurassic Park as well. That was a really good one as well. I mean, I can understand that. I mean, I know that Andrew was basically only asking me to ask you that because he didn't want me to tell you that he's in a movie on Hulu himself called Fire Island or something. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he'll tell you himself. He's a sag after member, so I'm pretty sure he would tell you that himself if he were on here. But still, <laughs> but still, though, I mean, that's pretty cool, especially, you know, when it comes down to that, you have to... Uh, what am I trying to say? You basically have to, you know, calm yourself down by watching a little superhero action. Because, mm-hmm, because a lot of these fight, a lot of y'all fighters these days are kind of like superheroes, in a way. Mm, I don't see it that way. I just see it more like we're embodying that warrior spirit that every man that walks the earth should have. You know what I mean? Um, just through our society, it's kind of uh, we've gone away from it. You know, comfortable, comfortable times. You know, it's. Uh, it doesn't make for the most, you know, savage men to come out. But um, the real hero, heroes are, you know, like military, police, paramedic, doctors. You know what I mean, those are the people that are really on the front lines. And, and uh, you know, what we, we do, like everybody fights. Everything fights. Little kids across the world, throw countries, they fist fight just to eat breakfast for the day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, don't, I try not to, like, um, you know, bore, like get a big head about it. But... Uh, yeah, we're the fighters are definitely a different breed. You know, we we embrace the we embrace combat. Understood, understood. I mean, obviously you need to obviously you need look no further than the damn Klitschko brothers over in Ukraine fighting to keep their country alive. Yeah, exactly. Those are real warriors. Those are real heroes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
And I mean, obviously, when it comes down to, and I really hate to veer into this temp, this damn territory, but when it comes down to some of the shit that's been happening in this country lately as far as race relations and, you know, the police as well, and obviously when it comes down to, you know, how our country really is, and I really hate to go into this territory, but, I mean, what would be the main thing from that the world of martial arts has treated has teached you that you could probably apply to society right now well i think it really is just comes down to your own moral integrity you know what i mean and and mm -hmm. like hold, holding that that bushido code that warrior code and holding yourself to a higher standard holding your you know your fellow man to the higher standard and um you know, we're just misguided. You know, our leaders are weak. Our leaders are selfish and just trying to, you know, do what's best for them, not necessarily what's best for the world. And, uh, you know, through fighting, it, it showed me that, you know, it's not really about me, right? It's it's about children and women, right? Because children are the future, and women bring children to the, to the earth, you know? So as a man... Uh, really the only job we have is to protect women and children and and to try to try to make life a lot easier and a lot safer for them so you know I, I think men need to get back to that kind of mentality and that kind of attitude and and be men again I mean I can understand that but to me I mean to somebody like me it's not just helping out the fellow man woman and child it's about helping out everybody yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything. Like, you know, we're all we're all children of God. You know, whatever, whatever race, whatever creed, whatever, where, wherever you're from, whatever religion. You know what I mean? It's it's God. You know, what I mean, that's why we're here, and and uh, you know, that's what we should be trying to uh, trying to strive for. Is just trying to be the most godly people we can be, the most virtuous, the most like loving and kind, and you know. And that's that's what I think. That's what I think we should be doing now. Understood, understood. Especially if I mean, regardless of if this society, as the old saying goes, goes to hell in the handbasket. You know, we still gotta be there for one another, just to comfort one another. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man, we, we need each other. You know what I mean? Like, what do they say? The worst thing you can do to a person, you know, in prison, right? Amongst, like, the worst of the worst. The worst thing you can do is put that person in the cell and leave them alone. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we truly need each other, not just to survive, but, you know, to, to, to make our life worthwhile, you know? We need love. We need relationships. We need, you know, we need all of it. Hmm. We need good people to you know not only help us out but pretty much inspire us yeah i mean come, be better. Mm -hmm, come to think of it i mean that's probably what a lot of people are hoping for when they see people like you know britney griner being stuck in a russian jail cell just to be i mean just because she carried like a cannabis oil across the damn world knowing that she needs it yeah man and that's that's unfortunate you know like you get caught for you know medicine it's medicine you know what i mean medicinal 
medicinal use. And, uh, you know, it's not like she was smuggling pounds and pounds of marijuana or, you know, other, other drugs, anything like that. It was her own personal medicine that she has for, you know, for herself and her recovery. And, you know, I think it's just a power move by, you know, by the Russian government, you know, and they're just trying to make an example of her and, and it's unfortunate, you know. Understood, understood. And, you know, speaking of weed, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be talking about it because I don't smoke myself, nor do I drink. But still, though, when it comes down to weed, obviously, you're in a state right now in California where there's pretty much, they pretty much are so relaxed on weed over there, it's pretty much like their next big thing. (laughs) But still, though, when it comes down to athletes especially fighters you know now that weed is pretty much a relaxer so to speak and not a lot of states are pretty much penalizing fighters for it i mean do you think that you know we will eventually be legalized throughout the country soon yeah i i mean i think it's going that direction anyway you know i think um you know, if it's not, you know, if it's not legalized in the state, it's because they're making money on, you know, on, on punishing people for it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I mean, there's really no, re- you know what I mean, it's not like people smoke weed and go out and, and get in a car crash and kill people. You know, I mean, maybe that happens if, you know, you're young and you don't know how to, don't know how you're going to feel and react on marijuana. But for the most part, like marijuana makes you very safe, very relaxed, very just kind of, you know, wanting to hang out and, and, and do your own thing so mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe it, it you know marijuana cbd all, i think it has you know a lot of a lot of uh, medicinal uses and um you know i'd like to see it go that direction anyway i mean understood especially considering the fact that in my home state obviously texas they letting people out you know on non-violent charges including weed possession so i guess that could mean you know, within the next couple of years that there might be something about weed being in some way legalized, but still, don't. it basically makes a lot of sense that the world, I mean, that at least in this country, people are starting to understand more and more about how much marijuana can help people, especially those who are going through not only hard times with depression, but some really fucked up things like cancer, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that and brain health, you know, inflammation um, helps with your sleep, helps with your stress, your cortisol levels. Like, you know, it's it's for fighters. Like, marijuana is a is a is a really good medicine for for so many reasons. You know, uh, granted, like not everybody. I don't, you know, I don't think everybody should smoke weed. It's not for everybody, but mm-hmm. um, you know, if. I think if that's how you want to treat yourself, it sure, it sure as hell beats pharmaceuticals. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, come to think of it, and I know this is a touchy subject when it comes down to the fight world, but, I mean, what are your thoughts when you hear that now CTE has gotten into the world of soccer, so to speak? Man, that's uh, that's like one of the scariest things, you know, as a professional fighter, you know, um, or any athlete, you know, like this this career that we have that we that we're so lucky to have, 
Um, it's just a short window, you know, and, and after that we have lots of life to live, you know, lots of, lots to contribute and, and, um, you know, and I, 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 for one, I know everybody would, uh, you know, want to enjoy it the best way they can and, um, you know, not have to deal with, with, uh, you know, mental disorders and, and the horrible things that come with CTE. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that's one thing I've been, I've been very, um, cognizant of as of lately, you know, is paying attention to that and getting regular brain health scans and taking, taking supplements that are, that are good for brain health because, you know, we only got one brain, you know, and, and if, uh, you, you beat it to a pulp, then, you know, life's going to be pretty shit after that. So, I mean, obviously, don't that kind of make you wish that fighters like Felony Charles Bennett or, you know, fighters like him were to stop fighting after taking so many damn losses? I mean, that can also apply for Antonio Bigfoot Silva as well. Yeah, that's a hard thing, though, because, like, as fighters, man, you're never going to want to, you're never going to want to not fight. You know what I mean? It's in our blood, like, you know, and it's always... No, no fighter goes into a fight thinking like, oh, I'm going to get knocked out of this fight. You know, even if they got knocked out three previous, you know, before that. Mm-hmm. Um, where it comes down to it is your circle, your people, your family, the people who love you and they care about you, you know. And, and it comes down to a conversation like, hey, you know, how many, you know, you only get so many of these these rings of the bell before you don't get no more, you know. And um, <clears throat> I think. I think if, if you know they, those guys had better people around them, or just the not like if there was more aware, more knowledge about it, you know, I think um, that would make a big difference. But yeah, that's that's the that's the most devastating thing. You know, you see these guys who are in the UFC, some of these legendary guys, Spencer Fisher, you know, Jens Pulver, Chuck Liddell, you know what I mean, and, and Gary Goodrich. You know, the list goes on and on. I mean, just, obviously, it, I just mentioned Tito Ortiz. You know, like Vitor Belfort, Anderson Silva. Yeah, and just, like, guys who gave so much of their lives to the sport, and, uh, you know, now they're just kind of left left to the wolves, you know what I mean? Left to fend for themselves, and it's just, it's heartbreaking to see, you know, and, you know, I just wish that there's, you know, it's good that, like, there's more awareness brought to it, but we need more, we, you know, as fighters, like, we need more. We need, you know, we're giving so much of our lives to just, entertainment you know what i mean to these promoters and for them to just kind of turn their back and say well you knew what you were signing up for i mean mm. that's that's kind of you know that's kind of shallow i mean obviously there's only going to be so many times you're going to hear either if it's out the mouth of dana white or whoever do you want to be a fucking fighter so much right right but he knows the answer to that is always yes right he knows fighters are going to fight yeah, I mean, if you dangle that carrot in front of our face, like, you know, damn it, we're gonna, we're gonna bite it. So, you Even know, now you go and grab it, that would be like, you know, more or less they're 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 abusing that for fighters. They know fighters are gonna say yes, you know. I mean, either that or you're gonna grab it because you know, people like Dana, all they give a damn about is money, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, come to think of it, when it comes down to you know, some of these promotions, don't that kind of make you wish... I mean, and I know that there's a players' union for baseball, a players' union for basketball, a players' union for football and for hockey, but don't this kind of make you wish that there was like a fighters' union, not just for 
boxers and mixed martial artists and kickboxers, but for fighters in general? Yeah, most definitely, you know, and that's that's the thing about that's why I, why I love Ryzen so much and why I love PFL as well, because, you know, Ray Seppo, he was a fighter, you know, he gets it, you know, uh, Japanese culture, they understand, like, the fighter, the warrior, you know what I mean? They understand, and, and they they treat it like, you know, that they need fighters. We need fighters, like, to, to do what they do, because nobody else wants to fucking do that, you know? It takes a special breed to be a fighter, you know? Whereas, like, the UFC is more like, we don't need the fighters, the fighters need us, mm-hmm. you know? And and that, that, that mentality trickles down all the way through staff, you know what I mean? The way they treat the fighters, you know? And uh, it's just it's just sad. It's really unfortunate. And um, yeah, I think a fighters union would really do that. And just some fucking humble pie, you know, some humble pie for some of these promoters. You know, for Dana, like he he's never been in a fucking fist fight in his entire life. He has no idea what it's about, you know. For so for him to be like talking all high and mighty, it's like, dude, get your ass in the cage just five minutes, you know, and then and then we'll talk. I mean, obviously. Dana can scan his body for a damn video game just to be, you know, in a simulated fight. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious. All that talk about how he grew up in Boston and how he's been in so many fist fights, you know, that's probably... I mean, aside from the fact that he dealt with Whitey Bulger, that all that shit is revisionist history, so to speak. Because a lot of people don't see him fight. They just see him hyping up fights. Yeah, exactly. And for, I mean, from my knowledge about it, he wasn't even a boxer. He was teaching like aerobic boxing, like typo kind of shit, you know. And, <laughs> and as soon as the you know the pinch with Whitey came, he was on a fucking he was on an airplane the next day, you know, coming out to Vegas. So yeah, I don't I don't know if he's really displayed much of that fighting spirit, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Understood. Understood. But, you know, obviously bringing it back all together, when it comes down to Ryzen 37, and I think that you were on the commentary crew for, like, Ryzen 34, 35? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but when it comes down to these Ryzen fights, and I know that when it comes down to Ryzen, all of your fights for the promotion have been televised in some way shape or form you know at least on this side of the world internationally but for this upcoming fight for Ryzen 37 I don't think your fight will be shown internationally because they have this new streaming service called the Ryzen Stream Pass and it's making it incredibly difficult for fight fans like myself to watch fighters like you compete without having to you know, shell out conversion fees and having to translate everything. But still, though, when it comes down to Ryzen, considering the fact that they're currently working off this Japanese-only system right now, and I think there's, like, something out that, for live now, you can't even get on the damn thing because it's pretty much in default mode now. But when it comes down to Ryzen's international broadcast future, I know you can't say much, but do you hope to get the chance to fight in front of the global masses again? Oh, for sure. You know, the most, the more exposure worldwide, the better. Um, but, you know, I've also said it since day one. I don't care if I'm fighting in front of millions or I'm fighting in front of 
one person in the back alley, you know, like I'm fighting to fight. I'm fighting to get paid and support my family. And, you know, um, and, and I have such a, like such an amazing fan base in Japan too. You know, so many fans, so many people who, who buy tickets just to come to the arena and, and see guys like me fight. So, um, you know, like I have a lot to fight for. I have a lot of fans to fight for. And, you know, my, my fans back here in the U.S. will we'll see the fight eventually, whether it's, you know, live or, or you know. In broadcast. some other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a will, there's a way. But, yeah, for most certainly I would love to, uh, you know, have the opportunity to, to be in front of the world's eye. Um, but as far as, like, also, too, so we fight Sunday during the day over in Japan, which is, you know, the first fight in America starts, like, midnight, 1 o'clock, you know, and, and I've been towards the end of the card, so most of the time, you know, my last fight, I didn't fight in, in Iowa until 6 a.m., you know, so, um, yeah, it's a little, it's just the time exchange alone, is it makes it kind of difficult for, you know, for getting that broadcast out to the U.S. Understood. I mean, obviously, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to that, it's like a lot of people... I mean, I guess I can also attest to that because I'm in that same time zone as the people in your native state of Iowa, you know, the U.S. Central Time Zone. A lot of people don't want to stay up until, no, I mean, God knows, like 5 or 6 a.m. just to watch the damn show. Maybe until 7 or 8 just to watch the show if it's a New Year's show. But still, though, I mean, I guess when it comes down to rising... I mean, yeah, they may not be able to do a show prime time in the United States, but they'll still give you your money's worth, even if you don't watch the show in the legal way, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Ryzen, man, Ryzen's the best show, you know, and I don't just say that because, you know, I'm biased and I'm employed by them, but from the opening ceremony to the very last closing ceremony, man, they know how to put on a show. Matchmaker Shingo does great with the matchups and you know every fight's exciting and and uh you know the rule set and it it's it's one of my favorite you know that and the asia the asia market has really got it going you know with uh, with one fc with ryzen and um yeah yeah i'd like to see i'd like to see it you know on the big stage in front of the you know the global the global scene i mean i hope that we on this side of the pacific get the chance to do so because I mean, I know it's going to be hard. I mean, I barely even understand Japanese at all. And I've been trying to understand Japanese since like 2004 when I was like 11 years old. But still, though, it's, I mean, it may be hard for some of us to try and understand Japanese. But we know good damn show when we see one. That's why when it comes down to rising, one of my friends, I think his name is Jay Wolf basically call it the epic rule set the superior rule set yeah without a doubt i mean it's a real fight you know what i mean um it's uh it's not no 10 round you know 10 9 round where you know which i think is just ridiculous anyway you know how many fights have we seen in you know that 10 10 9 round where it was a close round you know and and this guy might have done just enough to to kind of edge it out but then you know they give a whole segment a whole third of the the fight gets awarded to that guy it's like well wait a minute it's not it's not so easy you know a fight 
is a fight and it should be scored as a whole, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I think. Ryzen does a really good job about that. It's not it's not a sport. We're not out there trying to win rounds. We're out there trying to finish each other, you know, an unconscious body. And they look at it like two warriors on the battlefield who lives, who dies, you know, and, and I think that's how fighting should be. I mean, in a way, when it comes down to some of these fights, it's like some of these judges are just there to, you know, not be seen, but more like do stuff just to be heard. I mean, I think when it came down to the UFC, and I think it was one of these cards that happened in my neck of the woods, you know, you had a guy who was friends with one of the fighters. You had a judge who was one of the friends of the fighters, on Facebook, basically just sitting there, jotting down on his little notepad or whatever, 10-9, and then all of a sudden, you know, as soon as the fight's over with, he gets outed for being the fighter's friend just because he was putting out a lazy number scoring, you know? Right. But still, though, it's like when it comes down to judging, some of these, fan, some of these judges and armchair judges think it's a game when for obvious reasons we all know you don't play fighting you become a fighter yeah you know it's just really unfortunate like i don't know how some of these guys get certified you know and i think it should be a mandatory thing like every judge should have to have been a fighter you know i mean i think that would really change the the scoring system a lot too you know if you you know so be it if you want the 10-9 scoring system fine but i think at least have some competent judges who know what they're looking at you know hmm i mean so in a way it would probably mean like frank trig dan severin and a third judge right exactly yeah tito or chuck or someone like that you know <laughs> no no i don't think you would want tito ortiz judging a fight that would be nightmarish <laughs> for everybody <laughs> i mean Obviously, he can't even run a damn city well. How the fuck do you think he's going to judge a fight well? <laughs> but still, though, I mean, I know your time is of the essence. I know that you are about to go ahead on and go. I just want to ask you a quick few more questions, and that's it, okay? But... Still, though, when it comes down to Rising 37, obviously I mentioned that we over here in the States won't be able to watch it through an international streaming platform. We would only have to watch it through Rising Stream Pass. But if this in some way gets to Koji Takeda, you know, when he's trying to figure out what the hell are these two gaijins talking about, what would be the main thing you would tell him? Show up, give me your best, because I'm going to do that. I'm going to do just that. I'm going to show up, I'm going to give you my best, and, um, you know, we'll we'll be friends afterwards, but I want you to bring it, and I want, I want to put on a show for the fans. Okay. And what would be the message that you would want to tell your fans, not just here in the United States, or obviously in Iowa or California or Arizona, but what would be the main message you would want to tell your fans around the world who will somehow find a way to watch you fight? Tune in. You guys know. You know. You guys are my fans. You follow me because you know I'm going to go out there and I'm going to put it on the line and I'm going to be exciting. And, um, you know, win, or lose, win, lose, or draw, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in there and I'm going to try to finish the guy from the first bell to the closing bell. So, you know, tune in because uh, this is where all the action is. Understood, understood. 
How can people contact you? Obviously, I know how to contact you. You tell everybody how they can contact you. Yeah, so uh, if you guys are, you know, like the interview or whatever, want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, it's Hollywood Case. And um, you can follow my fan page on Facebook, Johnny Hollywood Case. Hmm. Understood, understood. And one more question when it comes down to, I mean, because let's face it, I'm not going to, you know, say that you're 33 years old or you're on the wrong side of 30 because I'm basically, you know, a few years younger than you, but is there anything you would like to basically say to those, you know, who want to get into the fight game? I mean, even if they are, you know, like me, who are just talking about the fight game. What would I say to anybody who's wanting to get into it? Mm -hmm. Man, I think, uh, you know, it's not exactly a sport you want to dabble in, so... If you really want it, you go all in, man, and, and the sky's the limit for you, for anybody, you know, no matter what age, you know. Look at Randy Couture, you know. He didn't start the sport until, you know, he was, he was you know, in his 30s, I believe. I don't don't quote me on that, but um, I know he was older, you know. And, and, yeah, if you have it in your heart and you have the, you know, the will to work hard, anything's possible. So follow your dreams and don't let anybody tell you any different. You know, when I started off fighting, I was – I was like, no, I'm going to be a world champion, you know, and I, people were like, oh, really, you think so? I'm like, yeah, I really do, you know, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to achieve that, and um, so I'm, I'm living testament that that is true, so that's what I would tell people when you get into the sport. Understood, understood, but other than that, man, you know, it's been fun talking with you. I mean, I'll probably find a way to watch this show, obviously. I mean, I don't know about the rest of the damn country who's interested in the Rising Fighting Federation, but I will definitely look forward to seeing you fight Kochi Takeda at Rising 37 on July 31st. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time talking with me and um, and the platform to kind of get it out there. And Yeah, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support, and I'll do it again. No problem, man. <laughs> and finally, to close out not only our recent set of Rise in 37 interviews, but the entire show in general, I speak to the only fighter on this list that not only had a fight more recently, but won their most recent fights. In the case of she... She won her last seven fights as a professional MMA fighter overall. Of course, I am talking about the woman known as Maria Lara Alves Fontour. But really, for remembrance sake, she is known as Laura Fontour. She is 21 years old, representing Constrictor Team and fighting out of Brasilia Distrito Federal Brasil. But still... This will be her second consecutive main event fight coming up because she defeated the crazy Andy Nguyen to help launch Palace Athena's Women's Fighting Championships out in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, back in January. And we talked about that experience. We talked about the possibility of her facing off against and defeating Seika Izawa. And considering the fact that her agent, Lucas Lucas, was also with her, and 
he runs the Brazilian fighting series. We also had a little bit of a spoiler. No, actually, a rumor, so to speak, that may or may not happen when it comes to future Rising Fighting Federation acquisitions. Let's go ahead and close this show out right. Fight fans, are you ready for our main event? Good evening! Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner, standing 5 foot 5 inches tall, her official weight 109 pounds even, representing Constrictor Team from Brasilia, Brazil. Please welcome Laura! Laura! Ladies and gentlemen, what is good, y'all? It's the Chillmeister Chris Gary, and obviously this is a very, very special Focus Fights audio interview, as right about this time, we got somebody who is on the rise, legitimately on the rise, as even though she's only been fighting for like three years, she has been making a name for herself, not just in Brazil, not just in North America with her most recent fight happening in Canada, but pretty soon all over the world as this undefeated fighter from Brasilia, Distrito Federal, Brazil, will be looking to take out Seika Izawa, the reigning Ryzen and Deep Jewels world champion. In the first round of the Ryzen Women's Super Animate Grand Prix on July 31st. Ladies and gentlemen, accompanied by her manager and the man behind the Brazilian fight series, Lucas Lucas, this is Laura Maria Alves Fontura, but for the sake of remembrance, we're just going to call her Laura Fontura. Todo bem. How are you? Laura, é, bem-vinda ao podcast. Você vai lutar aí no, no Rising agora, vem, vem fazendo barulho ao redor do mundo. Vai lutar contra uma atleta que é campeã do Deep Deals, que vem de vitória no Rising. Como que você está se sentindo? Ah, eu tô me sentindo muito feliz e eu acredito que o sonho tá acontecendo, né? E vai ser uma realização do sonho, né? E eu vou ganhar essa luta. <risos> yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. Every day is like I'm feeling more and more of my dream coming true. And everything that is happening, even giving this interview now, is like it's the, all the realization of a dream. So I'm super motivated and I'm ready to win that fight. Okay, okay, understood, understood. Now, I got, obviously, a question to ask when it comes down to your most recent fight, because, obviously, you are 7 and 0. Oh, 7 and 0. With six of those wins by way, well, five of those wins by way of finish, one via disqualification and one decision, but your most recent fight was back on January 15th against the Clays and Andy Nguyen for this new promotion called Palace Athena's Women's Fighting Championship, and you armbarred the Clays. And what was going through your mind knowing that fight would end up crowning the first world champion for this new promotion? Uh, você, vamos falar um pouco sobre sua última luta, né? Você lutou no Canadá, foi 
foi sua sétima vitória seguida, quinta finalização. Você enfrentou uma atleta que já tinha rodado o mundo, a, a Crazy. E o que, que ali na, na luta pesou muito o lance é, de você, essa pressão de você saber que a vencedora dessa luta ia sair com o cinturão do Palas Atena, uma organização nova, do estreia internacional. Como que foi lidar com isso ali na hora da luta? Eu fiquei muito nervosa, né? Mas eu confiei no jogo, ali era, a estratégia era aquela, era cozinhar o primeiro round, segundo round, e no terceiro começar a soltar, porque era cinco rounds a luta, né? E é, era jiu-jitsu e trocação. Yeah, I, I was very nervous at first, especially when I got into the cage, but it ended up working to my game plan, because my game plan was to stall the fight a little bit in the first two rounds. Since it was a five-round fight, I knew I had the cardio advantage over my opponent. So uh, the, the first two rounds were perfect for me because it, it, it gave me time for me to adjust myself. It was my first international fight, so I was very nervous outside of it being a title fight. So from the third round on, I was able to, to show my game, to, to show my, my level, and I was able to submit her in the fourth. Understood. Go ahead, continue. E outra coisa também, eu senti muito frio lá e não tava conseguindo aquecer. Eu falei, meu Deus do céu, como é que eu vou aquecer aqui? Porque eu moro num lugar muito quente, né? E fui para um lugar muito frio. Eu falei, meu Deus do céu, eu tô morrendo de frio aqui. Yeah, the, 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 one thing that scared me a lot was I live in a very hot place here in Brazil and I went to Canada at the height of the winter. So I wasn't even being able to, to warm up. I was like in the in the locker room, like trying to hit pads, trying to work myself up. But my body was so cold. I was like, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to get in the cage and I'm super cold here. So that put me off a little bit at the beginning of the fight. But after that, it was only uh, the, the fight flowing and the game plan and everything. So that, that also scared me a little bit. I mean, come to think of it. Especially here in the United States where some parts of the country was just outright cold. I mean, I know the area that I'm from, Houston, Texas, was still coming off a winter freeze less than a year ago up to that point. But still, when it comes to fighting in places like a Calgary, Alberta, Canada, so to speak, I mean, you're going to have to deal with fighting in, I guess, below zero Fahrenheit temperatures. É, porque você, nos Estados Unidos já faz muito frio, né? E aí você ainda vai lutar lá no Canadá e no auge do inverno. É, pô, é muito diferente, né? Você que nunca tinha visto neve e tal, é, foi uma experiência muito, muito diferente do que você está acostumada, né? Foi, foi uma experiência muito boa, né? Mas de treino foi diferente porque fez muito frio e eu, eu não sou acostumada com isso, né? Mas eu senti muito o gás e muita dor no nariz. É, as mãos estavam geladas, os pés, e meus pés ficou muito gelados. Eu falei, meu Deus do céu, parece que eu vou morrer. Sim, yeah. yeah, uh, was a very unique experience for me. It was good because because it got me ready for for any future experiences I have with that. But it was so unusual because my hands were super cold and my feet were like frozen. Like, I was feeling like I was gonna die because I was feeling like my body was so cold that I had 
felt before. And when the fight started, uh, I, I was like, I'm always, I always had good cardio, but as the fight went on, my cardio started fading down because of the cold and my nose was hurting a lot because of the, the whole week in Canada. And I was, it was so weirded out, but thankfully it all worked out well in the end. Understood. Understood. Now, given the fact that you're only 21 years old, I mean, you're obviously a child of the year 2000, but still, though, when it comes down to the fact that you're only 21 years old, even though you have seven fights and obviously a decorated jiu-jitsu background as judging by the topology picture I'm looking at right here, but when it comes down to that, do you hope that fights like the one that you're going to have upcoming against Seiki Zawa will help to build your resume? É, você ainda é muito nova, né? Você tem só... Você tem, é muito nova, ainda tem só 21 anos. É, e já vai agora pegar uma atleta super qualificada, que é a Seiko Izawa, né? Uma das principais atletas do Japão para fazer essa luta principal. O quanto que essa luta significa para o teu cartel? Ela significa muito, né? É uma luta que eu ganhando, a minha carreira vai elevar lá em cima. E eu acredito muito, eu não tô nem dormindo pensando nessa luta. É, isso tá me deixando encucada, assim, eu fico toda hora acordada querendo treinar. E eu fico até com dó dos meus treinadores, que é meu marido e meu pai, porque eles não têm sossego, não. É toda hora eu querendo treinar, porque eu tô pensando nessa vitória todos os dias. Yeah, uh, that fight is the turning point of my career, for sure. Uh, that point is the fight, uh, that, that fight is the fight that takes me from a good prospect to a worldwide high-level fighter, you know. I, I'm so focused for this fight. I, I know how big that fight is for my career, and I can't stop thinking about it, you know. I, I train every day, every night. Uh, I, I'm even feeling sorry for my coaches because... Uh, every day, every night, I'm always like, let's train, let's train again, let's have one more session. I'm not even sleeping right th these past few days because I'm so like excited for this opportunity because I know how big it is for me that I just can't stop training. All I do every day is train, train, train because I, I, I really want to capitalize on this opportunity that Ryzen gave me. Understood. Understood. And I guess that would probably move me on to this particular question. Obviously... I mean, you might have heard of some of the legends that have fought in Japan before, like the Nogueira brothers, like Mahio Spiri, like Murillo Bustamante, so to speak. But what does fighting in Japan, in particular for the Ryzen Fighting Federation, mean to you, even though you are only so young? É, pô, lutar no Japão pro brasileiro tem um significado especial, né? A gente já viu várias lendas que fizeram história no Japão, né? Os irmãos Nogueira, Minotauro Minotoro, Zé Mário Sperri, o Murilo Bustamante é, e muitos outros aí, né? Pessoas de box. O que, que para você tão nova, que, qual que é esse peso de ir lutar e representar o Brasil numa luta principal do Rising, né? Que é o novo Pride. E eu descobri essa semana que a minha luta vai ser a principal e eu quero ser a próxima, né? Tá o nome ali da próxima, a Laura Fontoura, a nova campeã, a que vai chegar no Japão com tudo. Yeah, a lenda. Cool. 
yeah, that, that's my goal. I want that in the future, when people ask these kind of questions to the future Brazilian fighters who are heading to Japan, they say, oh, we, we had so many legends fighting uh, in Japan, like the Nogueira brothers, Laura Fontoura. I want to be in that conversation. So I'm so excited for that. You know, I, I'm so happy because just this week I found out that I'm in the main event. So I know how big it is. And I want to be the next legend that makes people talk about it and know that that's going to be my first step towards it. I see, I see. So pro so that will probably disqualify me from asking, are you nervous at all for this fight against Izawa? É, então tá pra ver que, tipo assim, eu nem vou precisar perguntar que você não parece estar muito nervosa pra essa luta com a Izawa, né? Não, nervosa eu não estou não, eu só tô, eu tô ansiosa e eu não vejo a hora de chegar lá e mostrar o meu trabalho. E lá vai estar tá quente, né, que eu fiquei sabendo, então vai ser melhor. <risos> e yeah, eu vou dar show. I'm not nervous at all. I'm super happy. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see uh, the time coming. I can't wait to catch the flight to arrive in Tokyo, to, to be there, to see everything happening. You know, I already thought it's going to be warm out there. So I, I'm so happy about that as well. So I, I'm ju I just want to, for the time to arrive and I can put on a show to the fans. Understood. Understood. Now, considering the fact that Obviously, you're starting an MMA career right around the same time that you're working on your grappling, your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu career. I just gotta ask, when it comes down to that side of the thing, how has Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu helped you when it comes down to not just your MMA fight style, but, you know, your life in general? A gente vê que o teu carro-chefe é o jiu-jitsu, né? E você começou o jiu-jitsu também não faz muito tempo, assim, com sua carreira na MMA, são coisas recentes, assim, para você, né? Como que o jiu-jitsu vem ajudando não só a tua carreira, mas a tua vida como um todo? É, eu, eu tenho uma academia, né? É, eu tenho uma academia aqui no, na minha cidade... E lá a gente trabalha muito jiu-jitsu e muito MMA. E eu tenho também nove lutas de Muay Thai, né? E eu não mostrei até hoje o meu trabalho no Muay Thai em cima. E eu quero mostrar a partir de agora também o jiu-jitsu e meu Muay Thai. Porque até hoje eu não mostrei, né? Não deu tempo. Yeah, uh, we have our gym here in Brazil. Uh, me, my husband, my, my dad, we have a, a gym where we teach jiu-jitsu to people. So it, it really shaped up my life, you know, jiu-jitsu is basically everything to me day to day. But I, uh, one thing that not many people know is that I have nine Muay Thai fights and I never really showed my Muay Thai skills in, in, in MMA. So I'm really excited that, that that fight might be the opportunity for me to showcase my striking as well. So I might have some, something in my sleeve for, for say, Kuizawa. I see, that's cool, totally legal. I see. But still, though, when it comes now down to your Muay Thai career, I mean, do you hope that, you know, if this mixed martial arts thing doesn't work out, that there might be a career for you in Muay Thai kickboxing? E você pensa, assim, é, fora o MMA, a gente vê, principalmente no Japão, tem muito kickboxing, Muay Thai feminino também, né? 
É, você pensa, às vezes, então, em seguir também esse lado de fazer mais algumas lutas de kickboxing, de Muay Thai lá fora? Ah, eu quero, né, também. <risos> Pagando bem, que mal tem, né? <risos> Pode ser tudo. Jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, o MMA, tô treinada pra tu. Até WWE. Yeah, if it pays well, I mean, you know, Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, Muay Thai, if they want me to pro-wrestle, I'm up for anything. If it pays well, I'm ready. I mean, obviously, when it comes down to pro-wrestling, even though a lot of people might not see it being real, I mean, just look at Tainara Conti out in All Elite Wrestling. She's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner as well, but she also does professional wrestling. So that would be a nice little, I mean, that would be some nice help on that, you know? É, você vê, hoje em dia você tem atletas brasileiros até indo para a WWE, né? Tem a Tainara Conte, que é uma faixa preta de jiu-jitsu que está bem lá. Então, quem sabe, né, no futuro? É, o futuro promete. <laughs> yeah, I, I can say that the future is going to be good for me. Understood, understood. Now, when it comes down to what you like to do for fun, because I know that obviously everybody should know that you are a fighter, but what are some of the things that you like to do when you're not in competition? É, todo mundo sabe né, que você é uma lutadora, que você treina bastante, mas fora essa parte da luta aqui, que são algumas coisas que você gosta de fazer fora o treino, fora a luta. Ah, eu gosto de ficar na minha casa, mexendo meus porcos, que eu tenho um monte de porco lá, e comer, comer bastante, comer porco assado, galinha caipira, é, lá tem bastante trabalho, fora treino tem bastante trabalho, então quando eu não tô treinando, eu tô mexendo na planta, tô dando comida pros porcos, pras galinhas, brincando com os cachorros, fazendo bastante coisa. Yeah, I, I live in a farm, so we raise pigs, we raise chickens, uh, I like to take care of the plants, I have a lot of dogs, so when I'm not training uh, for a fight, I like to take care of my pigs especially, but I also like to eat, eat them, so I like to eat a lot of a lot of food, but overall, like, when I'm not training, I'm usually, like, taking care of the farm and of the animals and of the plants, you know, that I, I, there's a lot of work for me on my day to day when I'm not training. I see, I see. And that would probably disqualify me from asking, you know, what would your plan be? What would your backup plan be if fighting weren't, you know, a part of your life or jujitsu wasn't a part of your life? But obviously when it comes down to that whole farmer's aspect, I mean, there's a lot of stories about, you know, not a lot of crops going out to the world, not a lot of food being delivered to some parts of the world. Let's just say, if you were to be a farmer, how would you help fix that problem? É, e, pô, você vê, é, uma pergunta que eu ia te fazer é qual seria o seu plano B, né? Se você não fosse lutador, o que, que você seria? Mas... Imagina que você cuidaria aí do, dos bichos, das plantas e tal. E a gente vê, principalmente no Brasil, né? A, além disso, existe muita desigualdade. A gente vê que tem gente que não consegue receber é, é, alimento, que tem essa dificuldade. E você tendo 
criando bicho e tal, o que, que é uma parada que você pensa que às vezes poderia ajudar né, as pessoas a, a diminuir um pouco essa desigualdade que tem no mundo? É... Deixa eu ver aqui, eu fiquei um pouquinho nervosa. É... A gente consumir menos, né? Tem vezes que a gente consome, consome muito, né? E desnecessário, sem precisar. É, a gente fica consumindo, é, gastando muito com o que não deve, né? Yeah. E, e, e aqui no esporte, a gente também não tem muita oportunidade é, para participar das coisas. É, não tem campeonato, é muito difícil. Yeah, so like I feel like today the the world uh, is based on waste. You know, like everybody's wasting food, everybody's wasting everything. So that's too much for some people, and not too much for many people. You know, so I feel like, especially here, uh, raising animals and taking care of plants and everything, and basically like uh, being self-dependent. We see that, you know, like when we we go to the city and we talk to people and we go to restaurants we see how how much people is wasted how much food is wasted so that's something that i really feel like uh if i could change something the word that that would be it but yeah i would definitely be a farmer if if i wasn't a fighter you know but i love what i do like my 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 first my first focus on fighting i just wish like now i'm in a good place with mma but i really wish that uh, they, uh we also had more opportunities on the sport here in brazil there's not many competitions to fight especially if you don't have the money or the sponsor to do it but yeah that that's something i feel that should change as well i see i see and i mean come to think of it when it comes down to you know that whole food waste problem. I mean, there's a saying here in the United States and probably in Canada as well, make taste, not waste. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if you were to really take this whole farming thing, you know, seriously, you probably would be running a restaurant or something. <laughs> hey, vocês aí criando, criando porco e, e galinha e tal, até... Não sei se você já pensou mais para frente, né? Mas com o dinheiro que você vai começar a ganhar nas outras, até talvez abrir um restaurante, né? É, é algo que passa na tua cabeça? É, não, eu não penso em abrir um restaurante, não. Eu penso em ter, ter mais porco e mais galinha, comprar... Eu tinha um boi, né? Tive que vender. Aí eu agora quero comprar mais uns dois boizinhos e só viver disso mesmo. Yeah, I don't really think about a restaurant. I really think like about using the money that's coming to buy more animals and really being more and more self-dependent. You know, like we had a cow here, but we had to sell her. Uh, so with with this next fight, uh, we are thinking, we are planning about buying two cows and a few more pigs. But yeah, like I don't really think about the business side of the things, but the way that's the way I was raised. So that's the way I know how to live, and I really like to to live like that, you know. Understood, understood. Now, when it comes down to continuing the conversation, Laura, I mean, obviously, you are going to be fighting on a very stacked card when it comes down to this upcoming card, Ryzen 37, and there are three other bouts that are going to be taking place. 
I think if I remember correctly off the top of my head, one of them is Reina Kubota versus Anastasia Svetskiva. The other is Jessica Jag Aguilar versus Ayaka Hamasaki and Jag fought in Brazil before for the UFC. And the other one I think is Siwoo Park versus Kana Asakura. Let's just say if you weren't fighting in this tournament or if you had a fight that you would choose out of... You know, who would you want to watch more? Which fight would you want to watch more? Not so much who you're going to face in the next round. Which fight would probably be the most exciting to you? A gente vai ter outras três lutas aí no GP já nessa próxima fase, né? Um GP com atletas muito renomadas. A gente vai ter a Rena Kubota, que é a grande estrela do kickboxing japonês, enfrentando a Anastasia, que é uma atleta ucraniana dura. Tem a Ayaka Hamazaki, que é ex-campeona invicta, lutando contra a Jessica Aguilar, que é ex-UFC, já lutou no Brasil. E tem a, a Kana Sakura, que é uma atleta que já foi atleta olímpica no wrestling, que vai enfrentar uma coreana dura também. É, qual dessas lutas, além da sua, óbvio, você está mais ansiosa assim para assistir? Eu, eu quero saber mais é, da, da finalista, né? Pra saber que, que, quem eu vou lutar na, nas próximas, né? <risos> Mas eu quero saber de todas, né? Yeah, I, I really follow Ayaka because I really feel like she's the favorite to get to the finals with me. So I'm really like excited to see that fight, but all the fights are really well matched, you know? I, I'm really looking forward for this Grand Prix. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all looking forward to it, even though here's the unfortunate part about it. This fight is going to be Ryzen's biggest international-based event. Like, you got more international fighters on this card per capita than any other show that Ryzen's had before the pandemic. But, unfortunately, it will not be shown internationally unless you're watching it on Ryzen Stream Pass. Do you feel that, even though with your last fight, you fought on Fight TV for the Palace Athena's debut, but when it comes down to this upcoming fight card with no international streaming, with no international way to watch, do you feel that the pressure is going to be slightly diluted for you? Esse é o card do Ryzen desde que começou a pandemia com mais lutadores internacionais, né? mais lutadores de fora do Japão, que agora que as fronteiras estão começando a reabrir. Porém, por conta disso, por conta que o Ryzen estava focando mais no Japão, eles não têm nenhum acordo internacional de transmissão fechado ainda. Né? Uma luta, essa luta provavelmente só vai passar dentro do Japão, esse evento. É, você sente que isso é uma pressão um pouco menor, saber que vai ter menos gente de fora do Japão assistindo, ou não muda muita coisa para você? Não, isso não muda nada para mim, não. O importante é eu estar lá dentro do Rise e fazendo show. Yeah, the, the moment I step into the ring, uh, it, it doesn't really make any difference for me the, the kind of broadcasting that the fight is on or how many people are watching because it's much more the, the atmosphere of the arena. You know, that, and I saw the they're not being allowed to cheer and this kind of stuff so I really feel like it's gonna be fighting with no crowd so I'm not really thinking about that you know 
Well, in a way, in a way, the whole cheering with no crowd thing, that's more so for the pro for the pro wrestling promotions over in Japan. Not so much for a promotion like Ryzen, but they even even though they had to have smaller crowds because of COVID-19, they still were allowed to cheer in some small pockets. Yeah, uh, lá no Japão eles têm essa tradição, né, de ser uma torcida um pouco mais quieta, né, e agora estão com o público um pouco reduzido, então, é, mas está voltando aos poucos, né, é algo que é, é um público um pouco diferente do público brasileiro, né. É, eu acho que eles são um pouquinho mais quietos, os brasileiros é mais bagunceiro. É, anyway, uh, they're still gonna be quieter than the Brazilian crowd I'm used to, so... I know that they are quieter than, than usual over there. <laughs> Understood. Understood. And I mean, when it comes down to this fight and this tournament, the Ryzen Super Anaweight Grand Prix, if you win this fight, you're going to be going on to fight on, I think, if not the first weekend in September, then the second weekend in September, which will probably be around... If not, no, wait, actually, not the second weekend, but the third weekend of September, which will probably be around September 18th. But still, though, you're going to be, if you win this fight, this first round fight, you're going to be fighting in September on a card that's also going to feature Mikuru Asakura versus Floyd Money Mayweather. And then if you get on to fight in the main event, the main card on New Year's Eve in Saitama, Japan, you're going to be possibly fighting for a lot of money, even though in U.S. terms it's only translated to $52,000. But still, it's going to be a lot of money you're going to be fighting for. Do you feel that as you go on in this tournament, should you beat Seiki Izawa, that the pressure is just only going to improve? Or do you feel like this is no biggie? Você, você vai lutar agora esse evento, né? Você ganhando esse evento, você luta em setembro e já anunciaram a luta principal do evento de setembro, que é o Mikuro Asakura, que é o campeão do Rising. Ele vai enfrentar o Floyd Mayweather numa luta especial no boxe. É, então vai ser um evento gigantesco. E você passando ainda né, de fase em setembro, indo para a final, você vai lutando... Você vai lutar naquele evento de ano novo, né? Do dia 31 de dezembro, a grande final, que também vai ser o maior Rising do ano. Você sente que a pressão vai aumentando conforme você vai passando de fase? Claro, vai aumentando porque a gente fica nervoso, mas ansioso, né? Porque tá chegando na final. É tipo Copa do Mundo, né? <risos> yeah, that's what I love about Grand Prix. Because every, every win you get, you get to a new phase. So the pressure, of course, rises, but the, the excitement and the, the, the will to fight again rises as well. It's like the World Cup, you know. Uh, every phase is a new, new challenge, so I'm super ready to embrace this, this pressure. Hmm. Understood, understood. Now, let's just say if you end up losing this fight against Seiki Izawa or at any point in the tournament, you go home, but you realize... You're still the Palace Athena Starweight Champion up in Canada. Do you feel if, you know, you lose this fight, do you feel that 
you're going to have to go and defend that belt? Or do you feel like, hey, you know, it's been fun, but I'm looking to go on to another challenge? Você, além, além de estar nesse GP do Ryzen, você ainda é a campeã 5-2 do Palas Atena, né? É, independente de como você vá no GP, mesmo se vamos supor que você perca essa próxima luta, você pensa em ir lá defender seu cinturão ou você pensa em outros desafios daqui para frente? É, eu, eu penso em defender sim meu cinturão e eu vou ganhar esse GP. <risos> e... É, eu, eu, é, o evento que abrir eu tô dentro e se depender de mim eu quero lutar se depender de dois em dois meses eu tô lutando yeah I have a very good relationship with Palas Atena uh, they, they allowed me to come and compete in Rising and they told me that I am allowed to compete anywhere that, that I feel like I want to uh, but I'm, I'm gonna win the Grand Prix you know I, I'm very confident in that And after I win the Grand Prix, I'm open to defending my belt over there, and I'm open to any other opportunity that might come elsewhere. So I'm ready for whatever comes. You know, I'm gonna talk to my team and see what the, the best step for me is after here. But if if it is defending my belt over there, I'm I'm open to it. You know. Understood. Understood. And. You know, come to think of it, since you're on here, Lucas, interpreting, I mean, I gotta ask, since you're the agent for Laura Frontura, and since you also run a promotion yourself in the Brazilian Fighting Series, I mean, I know we discussed this before we, you know, started this whole interview, but what say you? What's going on with, first of all, the Brazilian Fighting Series, and do you hope that when it comes to your clientele, that they end up following the footsteps of Laura Fontura and going into Ryzen. Yeah, so uh, I have a good working relationship with Ryzen. Uh, we have another fighter there who just fought in their last show, He Hearts Biggies, uh, heavyweight. Uh, so Ryzen has always been a great promotion. I, I follow it since the dream days. Uh, I, I was too young when Pride was at its height. Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, uh, we have we have been having some good talks with them about other other fighters that we have. One of the fighters that I feel like we're gonna see a fighting rising pretty soon is Rogério Bontorin, who just left the, the UFC. He was a top 10 ranked UFC flyweight, so we really feel like he's the perfect fit for rising, especially with how well they're developing their flyweight division, their bantamweight division. Uh, so yeah, I'm way too excited to, to think about now that Rising in Japan is opening up again to, to international fighters. I can't wait to see. We have many clients that would benefit uh, fighting Rising, but I really feel like Rogério Pontorin is the number one guy that I want to see there. Uh, we have uh, Eduardo Garagori, who's also a UFC veteran. He was the first ever Uruguayan in UFC history. Uh, and he's a very good striker. He's, I think, 14-2 or 13-2. And uh, I, I really feel like he fits what Ryzen looks for in fighters. That they, they not only look for high-level fighters, but also for fighters who, besides being high-level, are exciting. And I really feel like Eduardo will have the chance to show this thing in Ryzen if they give him a shot. Well, you know what? As far as... 
Gamagori goes, I mean, that's boy fantastical, man. I mean, I'm surprised that when it comes down to some of these fighters, like you said, Gamagori, Rehards Bigas, who's from, I think, Latvia, right? Yeah, Latvia. And then you got Hulgaria Bontohin looking to get into, I mean, looking to break out of the octagon jitters and go into fighting for the epic rule set of Ryzen. That should be pretty cool. But, I mean, to be honest, let's just say this, and this can also go toward Laura as well. When it comes down to combat sports, because you're both pretty young, where do you guys see... I mean, where do you guys see mixed martial arts going from your perspectives? You, Laura, first, and then Lucas, five years from now, or even ten, when we hope to see more things change within the sport. A gente vê, né, Laura, que o MMA vem evoluindo bastante nos últimos anos. É, e onde você espera ver o esporte daqui cinco anos? É, como que você espera que o MMA esteja mundialmente em cinco anos? É, eu espero que aqui no Brasil a gente seja mais respeitado, porque aqui a gente não é respeitado, tipo, não tem patrocínio, não tem ajuda, e a gente paga para lutar aqui. Aqui você tem que pagar para você ir para um evento, para você lutar, e, e ainda você está correndo risco de se machucar, né? E, então eu espero que daqui cinco anos o esporte mude aqui, e que você receba uma bolsa boa para lutar, que você não pague para lutar e, e que você venha receber uma passagem para ir lutar, você não tenha que correr atrás disso. Yeah, I really hope that the sport here in Brazil becomes more developed in the next five years, because right now the the, the fighter isn't really respected. You know, uh, there's many shows here that they don't even pay the, the purse of, of the fighter that we have to fight for free, and we're risking our lives out there, you know, and the, 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 there's many shows that has no insurance, that they don't even cover the travel costs of the fighter, so I really, I really hope that MMA, especially here in Brazil, becomes better developed uh, soon, you know, especially in the next five years. Hey, e eu venho entrar também no UFC disputando o cinturão de 47. Yeah, and I hope that the UFC starts a atom weight division so you can make history there as well. Well, I mean, to be honest, they've been looking to do an atom weight division, but unfortunately, the only promotion that really knows how to do an atom weight division well, I mean, no disrespect to Palace Athenas, but it's Invicta. I mean, are you sure that if, I mean, let's just say, if the UFC doesn't do an animal weight division, which, to be honest, if they do, I mean, if they do, it's okay. If not, it's whatever. But if the UFC doesn't do an animal weight division, would Invicta basically be your next destination? Yeah, and we've already seen in a category of peso atom in Invicta, né? Você acha que o Invicta poderia ser também um destino para você no futuro? Não sei, eu não, não, não imagino o Invicta não. Prefiro o Raiz ainda. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really see myself uh, Invicta right now. I feel like Rising uh, is much more 
my style. So that right now that that's my preference. Hmm. Understood. Understood. But come to think of it, and I really basically have to cut this short, even though we've had such a good time talking for about the last hour, I just want to basically ask a few things. First of all, to Lucas, when it comes down to your reaction, I mean, obviously you did say you have a good working relationship with Ryzen, but let's just say... Like, if you weren't managing fighters yourself, would you possibly see... I mean, would you possibly see yourself fighting in a promotion like Ryzen? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for asking, Lucas. Uh, I, I, I used to train. I, I, I should get back. But I, should, I, I used to train at a shooter box with everybody there, with... Uh, uh, Thomas Almeida, Lucas Martins, Felipe Arantes, uh, Charles Oliveira. Now he's much more active over there, but he used to stop by every once in a while. Uh, but I, I would never be able to to fight. You know that that just isn't me. I don't have I don't have the guts to do it. <laughs> Understandable, man. Me neither. But I I mean, but it's best to be a fan of stuff like this, especially exactly. when it comes to. A promotion like Ryzen that has this rule set that's not the unified rules. It's basically yeah. old school Pride FC rules. The superior rule set. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See. Yeah. So like, uh, from my point of view, I would be even more scared to fight in a rule set like that. But even then, like nowadays, we have bare knuckle going on, and I have fighters fighting bare knuckle boxing, bare knuckle MMA. And I, I tell them, I don't know how you guys can do it, you know, it, uh, it's just, it's just so insane uh, for me to think about about that, but we have fighters that, that love it, you know, we have a, a fighter signing hardcore FC in Russia, mm. and he just loves to be there and fight bare knuckle and, you know, uh, to each his own, right? I mean, understood, but the only reason why we in the United States and Canada and the rest of the world do those types of crazy things is because it's insane as all hell, but we know that people are going to love it, and just as much as us fans, we're going to enjoy seeing it, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, true. And I mean, come to think of it to Laura, when you see... Things like bare knuckle boxing or even the quintet jujitsu stuff that's happening in Japan, and even though they have one event in the United States, when you see, you know, combat sports evolving into a point of that, do you see yourself eventually getting into it if the money's right? Laura, você, a gente tem visto agora uma nova, um novo crescimento no boxe sem luva, né? É algo que muitos lutadores de MMA têm feito. Você falou que pagando bem, que mal tem. Você, pagando bem, você lutaria boxe sem luva? Eu tenho uma vontade enorme de lutar esse e evento. Eu falo, meu Deus, eu queria lutar isso ali. É, bater mesmo sem luva pra ver como é que era, né? Eu queria lutar. Vai qual proposta aparece aí. I, I, I would love to fight bare knuckle. Yeah, I, I, the first time I saw it, I, I thought, oh, I really want to do it. So, yeah, if they, they want, 
they are interested in me, they want to make an offer, I'm here, I'm here and I'm interested. <laughs> Understood. Understood. And I mean, to be honest, that's all the time that I got. I mean, I'm just too hopped up off this interview to leave. But at some point, I got to. Otherwise, y'all would be talking to me all night. And I probably might end up learning Portuguese or something. But still, when it comes down to how the fans can contact you, Laura, and you, Lucas, how can they do so? Well, the melhor maneira que um fã que quer entrar em contato contigo pode entrar em contato com você. Pelo meu Instagram mesmo, Laura Fontoura MMA. Aí ele yeah. pode mandar o direct que eu respondo. Yeah, me message me through my Instagram at Laura Fontoura MMA. You can direct message me and I'll be I'll be there to you. And same for me at Lucas Lutkus. Anyone that wants to have more questions about managing fighters and Maybe I'm not be able to, to answer on time because I live in a farm and I don't really have cell signal over there. But when I'm in the city, I'll, I'll get back to you. Hmm. Understood. And that's pretty much the same for you, Lucas, as well? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't live in a farm, though, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just just message me on my Instagram, uh, at Lucas Lutkus, or at Halloween Sports Management. And I, I check it every night before I go to sleep. <laughs> understood, understood. But, kind of think of it, obviously, don't you kind of wish, considering the fact that you've got an extreme clientele... Lucas, that you were to be on more social media outlets? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Like, I use Twitter, but I don't really tweet. I only read out of it. I'm pretty I'm pretty active on Reddit, though. Uh, I use a lot of Reddit. Um, uh, 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 MMA, the, the MMA subreddit. I'm very active over there. People can find me there constantly. And yeah, I have my Facebook, you know. Uh, I have TikTok, but I don't post anything on it either. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what other social media outlets there is nowadays. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> understood, understood. But at least you got ones that matter to you just to help out your clientele, you know? Yeah. I mean, come to think of it, I wish I would have gotten you for an interview with Rehart Bigas. <laughs> but Yeah. Let, his next fight should be scheduled pretty soon. Let's do it. Yeah, hopefully so. If he can, I mean, if he has a way that I can contact him, you know, hopefully we can talk. I mean, hopefully yeah, we can talk again. He speaks English. He speaks English. Oh, okay, cool, cool. But yeah. Okay, but other than that, to Laura, I don't know much about speaking Portuguese. I know that you got flight plans and fight plans to catch. But all I gotta say in closing in your native tongue. Boa suerte, felicidades, e divertese. Best wishes, good luck, and whatever you do, have fun. Because this is only, I mean, because you're only 21. You got your whole life and your whole career ahead of you. And I just hope that you make the best of it. É, Laura, boa sorte, felicidade, divirta-se nessa luta. Você só tem 21 anos, tem toda a sua carreira aí à sua frente. Então, vamos estar na torcida por você. Muito obrigada. <risos> Obrigada.
And you know, I thank these competitors for you know taking time out of their busy schedule to want to talk to me and vice versa. I'm pretty sure they enjoy talking, but still, though, Ryzen 37 is gonna be a banger if these two, Dutra and Tennyson, want to get in on the action. I'm pretty sure it's gonna take a lot of negotiating with. Nobuyuki Sakakibara and Shingo Kashiwagi and Nobuhiko Takada just to get them aboard. And they hope to have bangers as well. But how about that news of, you know, a potential signing with the Ryzen Fighting Federation? I mean, I think I'm probably the only one that can legitimately say that if that signing were to come true, and it should... Hopefully it will, but if that signing were to come true, I can only expect big things happening in the 125 pound or 135 pound, that being 57 to 61 kilo ranks in the Ryzen Fighting Federation. But that's going to do it for our show. I just want to basically put over the fact that even though this show won't be shown legally internationally. You can still be able to purchase the pay-per-view over on the new Ryzen Stream Pass or through Exciting Ryzen. And that's basically what the Ryzen English Language Twitter account just tweeted like hours ago as of this recording. But you can check out RyzenStreamPass.com. Go ahead, sign up. I'm pretty sure it costs like... 30 or 40 bucks US just to sign it when you add in conversion rates. But still, though, you're going to enjoy some great rise in action whether you watch it legally or illegally. And it's because of the fact that we got 15 fights on this exciting card. And I'm going to run them down real quick so that y'all can remember them. In a special 66 kilogram bout. We got Yushi taking on Haruki. Yushi is 1-1. One one. Haruki is making his professional MMA debut. In kickboxing rules, we got Hiroki Kasahara taking on Yusaku Ishizuki. Kasahara is a shootboxing veteran. Ryusei will take on Kaishi in another kickboxing belt. At featherweight, the Azerbaijani mauler Bugar Karamar will take on late-notice replacement opponent Soro Yamamoto. Marcos Yoshio Maquinhos de Souza will return to MMA competition after a two-year hiatus to take on former UFC fighter, former 1FC fighter, and former welterweight king of pan Christ champ Daichi Abe. Yoshiki Nakahara was supposed to face off against UFC veteran Yuta Okasasaki, but because of COVID-19 rearing its ugly head, Yuta will now sit out. And Yoshiki will now face Tetsuya Seiki in the interim. Yuki Motoya will take on 2016 Olympic silver medal wrestler Shinobu Ulta. In the battle of the big boys, former 1FC heavyweight title challenger Hideki Shrekasukine will take on former sumo champion Tsuyoshi Sudario. In the first two fights of the Ryzen Women Super Animate Grand Prix, Reina Kubota, the shootboxing goddess, will take on 2019 IMMAF World Champion Anastasia Svetskiva. 
And 2017 Rising Super Animweight Grand Prix winner Kana Asakura will take on rising Korean star, pun intended, Siwoo Park. And in the aforementioned bouts that I just got through interviewing the stars of, Kota Miura will take on Felipe King Hunter Masoni in a bout that was supposed to happen back in May. Johnny Hollywood Case will look to bounce back off his lightweight title loss against Koji Takeda, looking to bounce out the tanning bed. <laughs> the human octopus Hideo Tokoro will look to go down to flyweight for the first time in a long time to get a win against surgeon prospect and recent deep champion Makoto Shinryu Takahashi. In a battle that was supposed to have taken place 11 years ago, but an earthquake and tsunami disaster couldn't stop this one from being ancient history, Ayaka Hamachan Hamasaki will take on Jessica Jang Aguilar in a matchup of the two oldest competitors in the Super Animate Grand Prix, but two of the wisest as far as experience goes. And in the main event, it is champion versus champion. The Ryzen and Deep Jewels World Champion, Ryzen Super Animate and Deep Jewels Strawweight Champion Seika Izawa will take on the Palace Athena's Women's Fighting Championship Strawweight Champ, Laura Fontura, in the main event and the final first round matchup of the Ryzen Women's Super Animate Grand Prix Tournament. It's all going to go down July 31st, this Sunday, from the Saitama Super Arena in the legendary suburb of Tokyo, for marketing purposes, known as Saitama City, Saitama Prefecture, Japan. The action all kicks off, if you can check it out, on the Ryzen Stream Pass and Exciting Ryzen at 1 a.m. Eastern, Midnight Central, or on July 30th, 10 p.m. Pacific. But that just about does it for me. For now, I would like to thank y'all for listening to this podcast. If you want to check out more about the Rising Fighting Federation, be sure to follow them on social media. You can check out their YouTube channel. You can check out their Facebook and Instagram handles at Rising Fighting Federation. You can check them out on Twitter at Rising underscore PR for the Nihonjin at Ryzen underscore English for the internationals. Or if you want to check out more about them, be sure to go to RyzenFF.com, their official website. Log right in. It's all there for you, baby. And if you want to check out more of what we have in store at Focus Fights, feel free to check our Linktree page or check out the description of this podcast. If you go to our Linktree page, you'll see all the links of what we got. Our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, our YouTube, as well as where to find Focus Fights Audio, which I dare mention is available to listen to on just about every podcast platform there is, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Anchor. So yeah, that's just about it. I'm about to go ahead on and go. I have been the Chillmeister Chris Gary saying peace my peoples and one love well. Protect yourself at all times. Follow me on Twitter at ChrisGary92 and on Instagram at ChristianGary1992. And in closing, I say keep your head up, fellas. Don't get fed up. You fall, stand tall. Keep fighting because you never know who might be listening to your story. And while I would like to say to the Rising Fighting Federation brass, 
give us international streaming rights outside of Japan. Or get on a network where y'all could be showcased more. I think Nobuhiko Takada best expresses the words of the Rising Fighting Federation. And like Larry Stafford says, I'll holla. Yeah.